Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to the Coffee Clutch. This is Marianne Russo. Um, I want to start off by thanking you, you the listeners, um, for your support. I'm very excited to announce that last week we had our 400,000th listener, and we are coming up on our 50,000th Twitter follower. So to celebrate and thank you for your support, we are having a really special giveaway. Four winners will receive a 15-minute phone conversation with the host of your choice. So um, you'll also receive some special prizes. So, you know, if you'd like the opportunity to speak to Dr. Richard Selznick, the host of School Struggles about learning disabilities or dyslexia, or Diane and Rebecca from um, Bright Not Broken, you can speak to them about giftedness and your ADHD autism child. Dr. Gil Tippy is going to be um, taking some phone calls, and he is the author of Respecting Autism. You can speak with him. Stephanie Weiss, who was a mental health care connoisseur, is going to um, speak to whoever wins her prize um, about finding the right mental health care professional. Ariva Martin, who you all know from CNN and Fox News and just about every TV station, um, who is the host of the Ariva Martin Show here on my network. She's going to be taking calls if you have any questions, and you can talk to me. So if you're interested, go to our website, go to our blog, and all you need to do to enter is to just put a comment in the blog about what's your favorite show. And um, again, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Tonight, I have another interview for my Inspire series. Um, you know, a lot of inspiring videos and writings, <clears throat> excuse me, come my way. And after watching this really wonderful video by tonight's guest, you know, it made me wonder, um, can teens be more effective in educating other teens about autism than adults can? And, you know, I was, I was just thinking, you know, could this video change the stigma and really inspire teens um, to make a difference? So Alexandra Jackson created A Teen's Guide to Understanding and Communicating with People with Autism. It encourages teenagers to understand and accept peers who, have, who are on the autism spectrum. And the film focuses on the positive aspects of autism. It's very, very detailed. It's very comprehensive. Uh, it's very impressive. And um, she also speaks to to the founder of Autism Family Times, um, and, and she's going to be joining us as well. It's just such a fantastic video, and one of my favorite um, professionals, Dr. Jed Baker, uh, Social Skills Training Project, is also in the film. It's posted on our website. You can go to our blog and please watch it. Um, share it with your children and with your teens. And, um, you know, as I said, we also have with us um, Adrienne Robertiello tonight. And she is an autism mom, autism educator at Children's Specialized Hospital and a board member of um, Autism Family Ties. And um, we're going to be talking to her on two fronts from, you know, a, a perspective of a mom um, who's, who's feeling all these emotions and then a professional in being able to create a program. So tonight they're here, and I have two great teens that are going to be joining us, Sydney and Gabby. Um, they are middle schoolers, and I've asked them to watch the video, and we're going to get their opinion on it and see if watching the video changed, um, you know, the way they look at autism. So on to the interview, Alex and um, Adrian. Thank you for joining me. Thank Hello. You I loved the video, and, you know, when it came out a few months ago, I mean, it was just all over Twitter, and I was just really mm -hmm. impressed with it. Um, it. It's so well done, Alex, I'm really. Thank you. So, you know, what inspired you to make this? Because 
it, it obviously had to take a lot of your time. You did a lot of research. So, you know, what prompted you to make this video? Um, well, the, what prompted me to want to make a video geared towards teens about understanding and communicating with people with autism was a lot of teens, um, a lot of teens didn't interact with their peers with autism, and not necessarily to be mean, but because they didn't understand what was quote-unquote wrong or didn't know what to say because they didn't understand what was different. So I really wanted to change that because I know so many incredible people who have special needs that other people don't always take the opportunity to get to know because they don't know about what's different. Um, and there's a program at my school called TR Scholar, which is Teddy Roosevelt Scholar, which is an independent study project. And when that came up, um, that's how I kind of got the – that idea would always have been something that I wanted to do, but that was kind of what gave me the little push to, oh, like I can really do this. So. I worked on it over the course of last year, so when I was in eighth grade, and that's the basic um, reason why I wanted to make the video. Well, as I said, it's, it's fantastic, and it's up for everybody to watch. And I did ask Sydney and Gabby, I'm going to bring them on now, um, I did ask them to watch the video, and um, I'm bringing, whoops, come on, I'm bringing them on now. Sydney, Gabby, thank you for joining us. How are you? Good. Good. How are you? Very good. Um, how did you like the video? Um, it was actually really inspiring. Yeah, I agree with Gabby. Yeah, yeah, Sydney, why don't I start with you? Um, well, first of all, how old are you? Thirteen. Thirteen. So that's that's really the perfect age um, to see this video, even younger. Um, you know, Sydney, what did you learn about autism that you didn't know before watching the video? I learned that people, like, underestimate them and they're way more smarter than, like, people say or make it to be. Yeah, you know, did, um, what what about you, Gabby? Was was there anything in the video that, um, you know, that, that you were like, wow, <laughs> I didn't know that? Well, there was, like, this one part where this guy, like, drew like this really cool picture and stuff so I thought that was like really cool because I like like again like what Denise said like people like underestimate autistic people and like just to see that like it was really incredible yeah it really was I saw that too that really is incredible um and if you watch the video you'll see this man just has a um you know photographic memory he passed he went in a helicopter um over a city and literally in just a, a minute of drive flying over it was able to com- recreate it perfectly um Sydney after watching the video what did you think what do you think is the biggest misconception that teens have you know because i we'd really like to get a teen's perspective on what what is it you think that that teens and kids get wrong about what autism is I think that they, like, don't want to be friends with autistic kids because they think that they're, like, they don't fit in, but they're actually, like, really smart and they're not, like, weird. Right. And what about you, Gabby? Do you think, you know, that maybe there's a lot of pressure on teenagers to conform and fit in, and do you think that, you know, that's part of the problem, or what what do you see as being the problem? I think that, like, people think that in order to fit in, like, you have to, like, look a certain way, and then, like, autistic people, like, they might not appear that way, but, like, people judge, like, not, like, 
based on, like, what they know about the person, just, like, on how they appear. So, like, it's harder for autistic people to fit in than, like, someone who's not autistic. Right. And, you know, after you've seen the video, you know, like, as I said, when I first saw the video, the first thing that came into my head was, you know, maybe the best way to educate teens is through another teen. So, you know, how do you think we can best, you know, as parents, as people that are trying to advocate and trying to um, make lives easier and get people to appreciate other people with differences, um, you know, what do you think is the best way to get kids to understand about autism and to stop bullying? I mean, I don't know if you've seen it um, at your school, um, you know, but I know that nationally it's a very big problem. You know, what do you think is the best way that we can get the word out to teens? Definitely, like, having assemblies and stuff like that, like, making it aware to other people because, like, after seeing that video, like, I mean, there's not, a, there's not like, bullying that goes up in, around in my school to, like, people who have autism. Like, people are very nice to them and stuff like that. But, like, if you have more assemblies, like, nationally and stuff like that, I think it'll make people more aware of the situation and make them, like, want to be, like, more nicer to autistic people. Right. What do you think, Sydney? You think you think that if um, your school, or maybe what do you think, a little bit younger? Do you think that if they got to see this video, that it might change the way they they view kids with autism? Yeah, because I agree with Gabby and how they should have assemblies, and I think that like people should go and talk to them too. So like, if they have any questions about it. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. Alex, do you have any questions for the girls before I let them go? Um, I don't know. I really appreciate it. It's, it's cool to hear from, I don't know, like people who you're right to and kind of the audience that I want to. So I'm just really glad that you guys enjoyed it. And I don't, I don't think I have any questions. Okay. Well, girls, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm glad that, um, you know, you were able to, to see it. I think it really does inspire and change people. You're welcome. Okay. Um, So I'm going to let you girls go because you have school in the morning. So thank you again. I appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Okay. So, Alex, let me get back to talking about this video because in the video – you know, it's really very specific. Um, you know, you talk about, in, in there, you, you talk about stimming, you talk about eye contact, you talk about focused interests, social issues, sensory issues, which are huge. I mean, it's very comprehensive. So as you were making this video, um, what were you learning? What did you learn about autism that, that you didn't know before? Through the video? Or, yeah, when or you were making the video. Um, I think I really... Well, the, I think what I, I, one of the things that I really learned a lot is that people are so cooperative and people, especially adults, they, they want to help, they want to help create tools like this and it's not just, it, I, I was expecting it to be more of a struggle to get help from people and people willing to do interviews and, and all of that kind of stuff that I needed to put together the video, but people were really so generous and with their time and I really kind of learned that people when the opportunity came, uh, when the opportunity was put in front of them, other people were really willing to help. And um, But also what I incorporated into the video, which I had learned in the past, was that there, kind of like I said before, there are so many people with special needs who are so incredible. And through what I had 
the organizations that I worked with and the events that I had gone to, I really I met so many incredible, sweet people who I was really sad that just thinking about how some people wouldn't like would kind of stop at the outside and, oh, autism, I can't be friends with them, and how they wouldn't, these really sweet kids wouldn't, other people wouldn't take the opportunity to get to know them all the time. So that's something that I learned through the work and through what I had done in the past that I incorporated into the video. Right. You know, and and in the beginning of the video, um, you know, the great thing about the video also, I'll backtrack a little bit, is that you not only speak to teens, but you speak to educators, um, you speak with Adrian, you speak with uh, you know, Dr. Baker. Um, when you started off in shooting the film and you were asking middle schoolers, um, what is autism, what, what did you find that was surprising to you about their um, perception of autism? I found that a lot of people actually, I knew that, I knew that a lot of people didn't know what autism was at all, but there were, it surprised me the amount of people who really didn't know what it is and knew that it was a, a large majority of the kids that I asked, um, my peers who I asked, knew that it was something in your brain that made you, that had there was something wrong with you. And it, it just so many people knew just that. And then there right. were people who knew, who knew very in-depth, and I was kind of, oh, wow, like I was pleasantly surprised, but it was kind of, I learned that it was totally a different range because we're not really we're not taught about special needs that much in schools and it kind of shows when I ask people that question because there are people who don't know what it is at all and there are people who could write an essay on it <laughs> so really right. it changed every person and I think that your answer really that the answer that you just gave really gave through to um Probably the biggest problem. I mean, you know, obviously there are all different levels um, of impairment for autism. And, you know, to this I'm not speaking of, about children that are severely impaired, and we are going to speak um, with Adrian about that. Um, but I think that the perception that there is something wrong um, with the mm-hmm. brains, instead of um, shifting that, and I think the shift needs to go to understanding that there are differences because, you know, the differences, just because it's, they're different doesn't mean that, um, you know, there's something wrong with them. They just think differently. They just uh, interpret their world differently. Um, and I was very impressed, like I said, with the video that, um, you know, I think it made an impact on the girls that we just had on. And I think this should be shown in every school um, because it, it could really just change the whole feel of everything. How long, first of all, how old are you? And how old were you when you, when you filmed this? I'm 14 now, and um, I did over the course of I turned 14 in September, so I did it when I I started when I was 13. It's mind boggling. It's <laughs> mind boggling, honestly. And um, are, are you going into film because you wrote this, you directed this? It was just very well done. <laughs> oh, thank you. I don't know yet. We'll see. <laughs> Well, whatever you choose, you're going to do very well. I want to bring on Adrian. Adrian um, Robertiello. Um, is an autism mom. She is, as I said, she is the autism educator at Children's Specialized Hospital. So, Adrian, thank you so much for joining us. You're in the film as well. Thank you. Yes, welcome. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad to have you here. Um, you know, I, I wanted to talk to you on, um, you know, two different levels. Um, you know, a little bit um, further on, I'm going to ask you to talk to me about uh, Children's Specialized Hospital and, and the program that you've created because it's just fantastic. But I first want to talk to you as an autism mom because um, as I was watching the video, um, 
you know, it just, the emotion came through. So, you know, I'd like to just ask you, you know, what is it like to have a child um, that's misunderstood, you know, often left out of social situations? You know, what what does that do to you as a parent? Oh, um, well, my son, he's 13 now. but so so I and I've gone through the a lot of emotions over the 13 years and it, it really a lot of it has changed with um, his age and with um, the environments that I, that we involve him in. But at the very beginning, um, you know, no one tells you you know when your child's born that your child's going to have autism or any potential disability and you're looking for this perfect child and everybody's hoping for a perfect child. But I guess what I've come to learn through these 13 years is there's really no perfect. Um, like there's no normal. No, we're all, we all, <laughs> right? There, we're all very, very different and different is okay. Like, And we yeah. really, that's really a lot of the message that I came out, um, uh, my life lesson through this. Um, but from from the very young, when we had, um, when we first were, um, when our son was growing and we knew he had differences and we were trying to get him involved in our community, different recreation programs, uh, different in our church, in our, in our, just in regular community events, we were hearing the no's. Um, we hearing, uh, we can't do that, we don't know how to do that, um, we don't have the resources for that. And it was really very saddening, saddening for me because I, I just, um, I know it wasn't just about my son. It's about many other children who were like my son, worse, less, less um, involved, more involved. And so all these emotions and civil rights, I mean, it's a big issue and it's, yeah. it's an emotional issue. So it's a lot of issues and say, okay, this, this isn't right. Or everyone has the right to be a full, have a full life, living in a community, and just experiencing everything that we we're supposed to as part in in our world, as part of our communities. So I approached our local, my I approached my local librarian um, with a list of things because I didn't know where to go, and I said, you know, these are ten things. I think it was ten or twelve things that. I really would love to change. You know, this is this is what I'm hearing in my community, and I just I need I need some help. Uh, can you help me? What can you help me with? And to my surprise, as Alex just said, our our librarian, the director said, "Well, I can help you with all of them." And I just was absolutely in shock because I was so used to hearing the nose. And so, um, so that was the first of the emotion where it was an empowerment. I felt I had. Um, somebody on my side that said, you know what, we can make a difference, we can move forward, and th- we'll talk later, but the rest is history, because really a lot has happened since then. Yeah, you know, and it, it's gut-wrenching, honestly. I mean, for a parent, um, you know, to have a child that has differences, um, you know, and to see them, you know, have difficulty fitting in, making friends, you know, God mm-hmm. forbid bullying, you know, it, it's very difficult, but you took those emotions and um, you took your experience, and you you took it to create a program. So, tell us about the program that you have, and about the Children's Hospital. Sure. Um, well, originally it started how Children's came into the to the whole mix was again through the library. We developed a program. I had. Um, 
we started this program called Libraries and Autism Were Connected. And um, that's where we um, decided through the libraries to train librarians to be more inclusive and more understanding of children and families um, living with autism. And in that program, we brought in uh, Children's Specialized Hospital. We brought in, um, and then at that time it was COZAC, but now Autism Speaks. And we sat around the table and developed a, a video and a program, and that was meant to educate um, libraries. And it's won uh, national award, just I think it was state uh, New Jersey awards, but it really has gone through the country over. But since that, since that relationship with children's, I came on board with Children's through a grant from Coles Cares, and we developed, started developing programs. He said, Adrian, you know what? You, you came up, you know, helped develop this library thing, but we really want to make a difference. We really, this autism is such a um, significant part, challenge with families right now. What do you think we should do? Um, here at the hospital, what we, what ideas do you have? And I said, well, I think we should start educating the community. Let's um, go out and help recreation providers. Let's go help um, businesses understand and be more welcoming. And so from that, they said, okay, great, that's what we'll do. And through the funding from calls and, and uh, through um, obviously the resources from Children's Specialized Hospital, we developed Make Friends with Autism. And that's available online. It's bilingual. It's got so many resources on there. But anyone could go is, on what is the, um, and What pull is the up. website for that? It's makefriendswithautism.org. And um, it, it is through the, the it's on the hospital website, but you can go through www.makefriendswithautism.org and really get a lot of information. So it can be from anyone, from children to adults, from businesses to families to individuals who have autism could go on the site and get resources. So That's from there, cool. after that was all developed, that was actually a very big project. Um, they're like, okay, Adrian, this was great, but what's next? And this kind of feeds into the same message that Alex is um, working on. I said, you know what, we're talking about the communities, but what about the kids? What about the schools? What about these kids to help them understand at a very young age what um, to accept differences, that different is okay? So we developed a program called um, Friends Like You, Friends Like Me, and that's um, the website as well, friendslikeyoufriendslikeme.org. And in that program, um, I had gone to probably over, really what has been over 10,000 students and, and um, administrators, uh, teachers, staff, um, and going in there and helping them understand the message and they never called me the autism lady. It was the friendship lady because I went in there and helped them understand that we should be looking at our similarities, not our differences. We all have strengths. We all have challenges. And how can we all help each other? How can we accept our differences and, and kind of be um, friends um, with our differences? And it, it really, if you go onto the website, there's a a program, uh, a, uh, a program guide and a video for teachers and scout leaders and coaches and such to have those kind of conversations and facilitate friendships of kids with different abilities. So really that wound up being a very powerful program um, and very well um, received by most schools and groups that, that I've been to. Well, I'm definitely going to be putting that out um, on our social media sites because um, you know, what more could parents be looking for? And it's true, you know, you have to, we have to really start um, 
teaching children at a very young age to appreciate the wonder of different. Um, you know, differenti- I'm a very strong proponent for uh, differentiated educations because you find that absolutely mm-hmm. with um, Asperger's or autism or whatever type of differences they may have, um, you know, they are so, um, you know, they're, sometimes their focused interests make them so cool to other kids, and other kids are missing out. And, um, you know, these kids, if they're in a situation where, say, they're good at art and, um, you know, you put them in an art school, and the other kids are just in awe of them, so it changes the whole uh, the whole dynamic of the relationships. But you know, I thank you for what you do, and I thank you for coming on the show. Great, and I think it, it really is a matter of two things. One is seeing beyond the autism. You know, we have to get over the autism, and when things you know through friends like you, friends like me. But generally, if we take the time and say, you know what, these differences which we all have, are one thing, but underneath this is a real person who truly wants to be accepted and liked and has cool things about them. And we might both like video games or we might both like soccer or the same movies. Once we see beyond the disability, um, we have a lot of things in common. So I think that is the first step is to help facilitate and, and, and bring together those similarities and the second thing, which I, I, I pretty much use in most of my presentations because I find it very, very important, is that for physical disabilities, we have ramps and lifts and bars and parking spaces. But for people with developmental disabilities, it's all about us and opening our hearts and our minds and our doors um, to that. And how we do that is changing our mindset from doing things for another person to doing them with another person. So when we're planning an event when we're going out, when we're doing something, instead of saying, oh, what can I do for them, is what can we do with each other? What can we do with, um, you know, one person with another? And I think once we change that mindset, I think that's the the ramps and the bars. Um, That's the empowerment to help people. Absolutely. Very well said. Um, you know, Alex, before we finish up the interview, we have a few minutes left. Um, I wanted to ask you, I spoke with your mom um, earlier today, and she told me that a lot of this started um, at a camp that you went to, uh, I, I think it was in Vermont, um, where you befriended a girl with cerebral palsy. Um, so, you know, how did that relationship change you, and how does having a friendship or a relationship with another child with a disability or with differences, you know, how how does that enrich your life or another teen's life? Well, in that case, um, it was that, I'm not going to go into the whole story, but... um, No, no, I'm just, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, in that case, um, the girl, there's a girl who no, no one really... No one went up to her, and I didn't really understand. Like, I didn't, I hadn't really had any interactions with people with autism, and I didn't know much about it either. And when, so one day I was kind of curious, so I, I asked if I could sit with them, and then I learned about her name was Jamie, and she had cerebral palsy, and she communicated with her hand signals. And I, I started hanging out with her, and I really liked her. And we, I helped her on the trampoline, even though she was in a wheelchair. She could still, there was still a way she could jump on the trampoline. And I went with her and her family to the pool, and it was just through that, that was really the first time that I realized, wow, there's more than this special need. She, she has, she's almost completely nonverbal, and but I can still communicate with her, and I can still have a good time with her. And since then, I've, I, I think I started, like, doing that with every everybody who 
I meet, which I think is amazing, and I'm so thankful for her and that experience because I really, that's kind of how I realized that. And because of that experience, I've made so many good friends and uh, who have special needs who otherwise I may not have. So that experience kind of just changed my whole outlook on everything. Yeah. Well, it came through in the film, and uh, you should be very proud of yourself. It really is excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, Alex, let's start with you. Can, before we have about two minutes left, um, where can people see the, the video? We have it on our, our website, but do you have a website? Uh, it's on YouTube, so if you just – it's the whole name where you can just – a Teen's Guide to Autism, and there's also a Facebook page for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's not a specific website for it, but you can find it on. If you Google it or YouTube it, you'll definitely find it. Okay, and it's well worth watching. So, again, thank you. And, um, Adrian, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at Children's Specialized Hospital. Um, the uh, website is www.childrens-specialized.org. Um, and um, you can um, contact the hospital directly to get to me. Or you can go online to those two websites that we mentioned earlier or right to the main website of the hospital because we have so many other resources that are available and many new great ones coming. So really good, some good stuff coming up on the agenda. Um, and, and, um, and, and I'll be really, sure... Mm-hmm. I was going to say, I'm going to be sure. We only have a minute left. I'm going to be sure to put the um, um, Friends Like You, Friends Like Me, and the um, Making Friends. I'm going to make sure to put those on the blog, too, so people can just click and go directly to those websites. So if you're interested, they'll be there for you. Um, I'll try try to get them up tomorrow morning. But um, thank you. Thank you to both of you so much. I appreciate you coming on. And um, I really hope that um, schools pick up on this video and show it to the children. Thank you, you, and thank you for having us. And make... um, uh, Autism Awareness Month is coming up in April, so hopefully that will oh, be a great opportunity for everybody <laughs> to put that up and get that out. Oh, yes, we definitely will. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Um, you're welcome. Um, coming up, um, before we go off the air, um, next week, Stephanie Weiss, the host of Ask Stephanie, and I um, are doing a show together. And it is choosing the right mental health care professional for your child. And you may think it's easy. You may think that, you know, this is the best of the best. You know, um, Aunt Sadie said that this is the best doctor in the world. That may not be the best doctor for your child. And we're going to take the confusion out of this for you um, and help you really avoid a lot of um, a lot of difficulties and heartaches, and that's going to be next Sunday. The following Sunday, I have an unbelievable show for you. Um, I have um, Dr. Mark Berheim, and um, we are going to be discussing something that is going to really surprise you. So if you have a child or a teen that's disorganized, easily frustrated, lacks willpower, is making bad choices, you know, has problems listening, they're forgetful, they're constant movement, um, if they're anxious, moody, what comes into your head? ADHD. Well, did you know that 40 to 60% of children diagnosed with ADHD also have a diagnosis, or rather 40 to 60% of children with sleep apnea have a comorbid diagnosis of ADHD. So now is that a coincidence? Or is that a misdiagnosis? And that's what we're going to be discussing. A lot of kids that have ADHD, in fact, may have sleep apnea, which is treatable. So that's going to be the following week. As I end each show, you are your child's best advocate. If not you, then who? Become an informed, educated parent with us on The Coffee Clatch. You can find us at www.thecoffeeclatch.com. Thank you for joining us.